high five? Yeah. Have a seat. All right. So, have any of you gone to see the new movie? Uh, what is it called? Uh, Frozen 2? Have a seat right there. Have any of you watched Frozen? Yeah. Yeah? Or no? Have you watched any Disney movies that have, uh, that have um, kings, for example? Can you name any of the kings from those movies? You know, the only king I know are um, like King George, uh, Martin Luther King, King Kong. But I don't know, I think King George is the only real king that I know. Any other kings? Can you guys think of any kings? <laughs> there had to be that one person, right? <laughs> Lion King. Okay. Uh, what other ones? King Kong? Yeah, he's my favorite kind of king who goes in and destroys everything, right? Now, in today's story, we hear about Jesus being called the king, because today is called Christ the King Sunday, right? Now, did Jesus have a palace when he was alive and in the world? Uh, did he have armies? Did he have uh, lots of gold? Did he wear a golden crown? Oh, well, what kind of a king was he? I thought kings all wear that kind of stuff. Did he have a flying carpet? Hmm. Do you think he had a, a spaceship? No. So he wasn't a very good king according to the way we see the world, right? But what's cool is that Jesus came not to be that kind of king. Jesus came to be the king of our lives. So, you know what's awesome? Is that Jesus has promised that he'll always be there with you. No matter what, no matter how well things are going in your lives, no matter how hard things are, Jesus has promised to always be there. And that's the kind of king we want, right? A king who is always there. So let us pray together, shall we? Say, dear God, and I invite all of you to repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you for being the king who is there no matter what and who loves us no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, usually at my church, what I do is to thank the kids for coming up because it's pretty brave for you to come up. I give you all candy. Now, does Pastor Trish do that? Sometimes. Well, I would get on her case, okay? That's her husband right there. Uh, say, we want candy, Pastor Trish. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for coming up. You may go back and have a seat. Thank you. Can I get another high five on your way out? There you go. Awesome. Thank you. Is that me? Too much Holy Spirit? <laughs>
you know, we as Lutherans are often accused of not having enough Holy Spirit, and then, and then our mics all fr frazzle out all the time. So I think we're doing okay, right? Um, well, I record my sermons for my own benefit so that I can go back never to listen to them and provide healthy critique, you know. Um, I, I don't like listening to myself, so <laughs> I don't know why I record them. I think someday I'll have a database and uh, we'll use it in seminary for MDVX students to say this is how you should never do it. Um, <laughs> but welcome again to worship. My name is Salim. Um, I mean, the only time you should really call me pastor is if you need me to be your pastor, otherwise I'm Salim. Um, and um, I, um, I think life is too short not to be laughing about everything. And in this world today, despite the despair and the turmoil, there's a lot of comedy. And so I, I just uh, uh, will give you a forewarning that I might invite you to say amen in your sermon. So let's practice. Amen. amen. Or Hallelujah. Or we give thanks to God for all the wonderful things. No, I'm just, I'm just, we won't let this. All right. So, um, sorry, it's taking me a moment. I'm in a new environment and I'm just trying to get myself settled here. How long has Christ the King Sunday been around? Anyone know? How many of you think that we've always had this as the church? Raise your hand. We've always done this. It's part of the history of the church. Huh. Anybody know when it started? Do you think it was in the 1600s? 1700s? Yeah? 1925. 1925 when Pope Pius something... Um, the fourth, I think, uh, thought that it would be a good idea to have this Christ the King Sunday just before the Advent season starts. So today is technically the last day of our uh, church calendar year. And it's also kind of an awkward time for us in this country because it falls right before or after Thanksgiving usually. Why do we need a Christ the King Sunday? Isn't Christ the King every day? I think the problem is, is that this time of year, we have forgotten, well, not just this time of year, most times of the year, we have forgotten who God is as our King. We have forgotten what it means to have a God who emptied God's self so that we may have life. We have forgotten who God is. Thanksgiving is coming up. How many of you are already thinking as you're sitting here or as you're driving up here about some of the plans and things you needed to get for Thanksgiving? It's a time of confession. It's all right. If you can't confess in church, where are you going to confess, right? And how many of you are thinking about the people you still need to invite and people the things you still need to do to get ready for this week. And then, oh my goodness, we have to decorate the... By the way, how many of you have already decorated your homes for Christmas? Shame on you. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving yet. 
You know, I can say that here because now Pastor Trish needs to worry about that. I can just leave. (laughs) We're so caught up in the seasons. We're caught up in these seasons of life, caught up in these events that are happening in our lives, that it's so easy for us to forget this God, this Christ who really, in today's standards, was not that spectacular. Ask anyone where they were when the Minneapolis miracle happened, where they were watching that football game. Ask anyone where they were when the bridge collapsed. Ask anyone where they were when the attacks on 9-11 happened. I remember that day. But ask somebody when they last remember God showing up in their lives. Ask somebody when they remember, when they understood who God stood with and what God stood for. Ask somebody about what it meant and why Christ died the way he did. And sadly, most of us can't think of those times. I have to do this thing for a living So I'm forced to think about this all the time. I tell my wife and I admit to my church that if I wasn't a pastor, I would be that person who sleeps in on Sunday morning because I'm tired. It's my only day off. I've worked hard. And I need to rest. And I don't want to go to church and listen to a long, drawn-out sermon by a pastor who doesn't understand comedy. (laughs) But the truth is, is that all of us are guilty of forgetting who Christ is. All of us are guilty of forgetting what kind of a king Christ is. We are just like the other actors in this text today. Where, you know, you have the the Pharisees and the leaders scoffing at him. Like he saved others, let him save himself. We have the soldiers who mocked him. They put this title over his head that said, King of the Jews. Now, crucifixion was a very public event. Crucifixion was an event or a way of publicly humiliating someone. And shaming them and for telling people not to ever rise up against the empire, which in this case was Rome. The Roman Empire crucified Jesus, but then they mocked him further by putting the sign over his head that said, This is the King of the Jews. Oh, these chosen people who think that they are ever going to have their own king. What a pity. Others just stood around and watched. They didn't do anything. Passive. Forgetting who Christ is. We are all like these people, friends. All of us. 
where what we want is something big and powerful, mighty and flamboyant, where we are more caught up in how our buildings look as a church, how our worship is done, how many programs or events that we have, rather than spending our time with those with whom Christ spent his time, those on the margin, those who are forgotten, those who have been ignored. Christ is the king, but the only folks who saw his royalty are the ones who were rejected. The first one is the criminal who notices that Jesus has been crucified and is completely innocent. And in fact, he's not the first one. Herod claims he's innocent. Pilate claims he's innocent. The criminal claims he's innocent. After Jesus dies on the cross, the soldier claims he's innocent. So this innocent man has been crucified. And this criminal sees who he is. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. This man who is also being publicly humiliated. This man who is also being shamed. Sees Jesus for who he is. The king. Amen? It is those of us, and I include myself by us, meaning all of us, in our times when we are at the lowest of lows, who often see God as Christ the King. But when things are well, we forget about Him. We forget that God is there every day. Right now, all of us are in high gear to go home, prepare the turkey, put up the decorations, get ready for Christmas, buy the gifts, arrange the party. But how many of us stopped to really dwell on what is happening during this season? That Christ is born. Our traditions don't matter. Our buildings don't matter. Our doctrine doesn't matter. What matters is that Christ is king. And that Christ is the king of the cross. Not of glory. That when we are in despair and when those are, who are on the margins, people who have been rejected by the church over the centuries, people who have had children out of wedlock, or gay and lesbian sisters and brothers, or people of different races and cultures and languages and immigration statuses, you name it, we have figured out a way to reject people of all kinds. Lutherans, right? How many of you remember the time when the Swedish and the Norwegians couldn't worship together? Or heaven forbid the Germans entered your church? Or a Lutheran married a Catholic? Holy buckets, the world was going to end. We have found ways over and over again to forget who the king is and whose the king is. We don't get to pick. Christ picked for himself. And Christ looked at the whole world and said, 
you. Yes, you. You are my beloved. I love you. And I choose you. And I am your king. And I will forever be your king. Church, you following along? I don't write a manuscript because it throws me off. Uh, in fact, I have to work really hard to focus on what I have to say because if I had a manuscript, I'd have a lot of tangents I'd be going off on. Remember this promise. If nothing else from today, remember this promise. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Truly I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. paradise. That's the king that we have. Not the king of governments or borders or wealth or education or what kind of house you live in. But the God of paradise. The king of paradise. And who is welcome into that space? All of you. And I hope to God that when that day comes and we are reunited in the resurrection, that all of us are royally upset because of some of the people we see there with us. (laughs) Because that's the true nature of who God is. Thanks be to God. Amen.